field, people will come. And it doesn't happen. You have to look at how you're doing business. Welcome to White Sox Business, the only podcast about Chicago's Southside baseball team that's hosted by me, John Greenberg, and more importantly, our road warrior, James Fegan. James, you're marooned in Cleveland. You drove through a biblical storm, literally and figuratively. Rick Renteria, the manager of the White Sox, went to the Cleveland Clinic yesterday with um, what he thought we was concerned about, with maybe just a cold. It was raining all day. You had Jimmy John's for dinner. <laughs> yesterday, there was just a sense of dread in baseball. It just was not a good Monday. So happy Tuesday. What's up? Well, you kind of get the demoralizing news that baseball seems to be hitting, flying into a cliff right as you're getting in the car to drive five and a half hours to Cleveland. And during that five and a half hours, you know, the mind wanders and, you know, thinks about whether the MLB is set up to have one of their divisions like completely grind to a halt while the other two just keep on playing because they don't touch those other teams ever. And then you arrive in Cleveland and find out that Rick Renneria was sent to the hospital because he has... I don't know, basically cold symptoms, and um, that's the world we're living in now where no one can just have a cold, and you don't have to take every precaution because maybe he would wind up being a super spreader who takes down the entire league. Um, It doesn't seem like that's going to be the case, and it it definitely seems more like this might be the one time the team was telling the truth about, you know, acting out of an abundance of caution, but... um, it, it still kind of speaks to the idea that we're kind of like one news break away from we're all kind of anticipating that update that's going to show that the league can't keep going. So which is a great place to be. Uh, I assume it's really easy to focus on uh, executing pitches with, uh, with that in the back of your mind. Well, at least it makes the Ronaldo Lopez uh, shoulder injury seem less important. Yeah, we barely uh, remember to ask a question about that and just kind of a throwaway line like, oh, yeah, one of our, our number three starter has uh, something wrong with his shoulder. You love to hear it. Uh, moving on. Right. So what sit on that for a sec. What or we'll go on that for a sec. What is what's the situation with Lopez? I mean, when you saw him pitch live, I was at, you know, I, I was on the north side. What, what, what did he look like? And like how could you tell immediately something was up? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, as much as coaches usually downplay Velo, um all the times that Lopez is rolling right, you know, Renneria has talked about how he does watch Velo with Lopez right off the gate because he is someone who has wavered between like maybe 93, 94 and someone who can sit seemingly 96 to 99 in certain good days. And if he's throwing hard right off the gate, that kind of shows that he's locked in is what Renneria has always explained it as. So when I see 93, 94 at the start of the game, um, that's already kind of hmm, maybe he's a little off or certainly not as like. I mean, I feel like at the start of the season, you've seen guys just like blowing out at the top of the top of the um, velocity scale, given that they're both rested, given that they have a short season and the fact that it's already mid-July. You haven't seen any guy, many guys shoot um, sitting like two or three miles below what they're normally at. And you can't say like, well, it's cold or it's the start of the season. So it was already an issue. But more than even the velocity being down was that he was avoiding the fastball. And it reminded me a lot of like probably the last start Miguel Gonzalez's career uh, where he just like wasn't throwing his fastball because it wasn't there. And so I've seen good, mediocre and just awful Ronaldo Lopez starts and they all involved him just throwing his fastball over and over again. Like he, he someone just leans on that all the time. So the fact that he was just like throwing five straight changeups to guys and trying to hope something would happen, like ticked me off that something was really bad <laughs> more than even him reaching back and throwing 92 like he did right before he got pulled out of the game was so 
they they haven't like rang the alarm or anything and they, they've even spoke about like well hopefully the inflammation that his mri showed will go down in 10 days um which is not i don't feel like we've heard a lot of instances of shoulder inflammation resolving themselves like that <laughs> um but i i felt like he was physically very clearly off it didn't seem like a minor issue or oh he was just 95 percent and he needs a rest it seems like something was wrong yeah. So, what does that mean for the for the rotation rate? What happened to this rotation depth, James? It's gone. It's now just like standard. It's they got Gio Gonzalez, who was quick, immediately got torched, uh, which probably doesn't <laughs> lend confidence. I would say going forward, I, I feel confident about him being a, a number five at this point in his career. That, that doesn't seem what a reasonable ask, but now that you are, you don't really have their backup plan anymore. If Dylan Cease's command kind of goes up and down, not that I think that they. The way they feel about Dylan Cease, I don't think he'd be a guy who get pulled from the rotation at any point this year. But you, you now need that to come together. <laughs> you need, you can't. <laughs> you need Car- Carlos Rodon. Like that's no longer a nice story of oh he's he's back and he came back quicker than we expected. Now it's like well yeah he's he's your number four start. He better produce. Um, every everything is kind of the leverage is cranked up and now maybe there's a there's a real possibility that we see Dane Dunning and, and Jimmy Lambert start a game uh, at some point this year. It, it's probably more likely than not at this point, given that they're already down to five dudes. Um, maybe that's exciting to you if you're still haven't really um, jerked out of the, the mode of the last three years of just wanting to see prospects at all times. Um, but if you're trying to chase down the Twins, it probably shouldn't be as exciting, even as someone who is written about those two dudes uh, more than enough, then clearly is, uh, has, I have some realistic ideas that they could be uh rotation guys long term it, it's not going to be good for your division hopes to slide in some you know you know hopefully future number four starters in the rookie year it, 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 expecting them to produce an above average level would be unreasonable can we uh cameron can we can we make get the sound of silence is like our the new intro paul uh, simon and garfunkel sound of silence for our podcast intro sounds I like dar- i know hello darkness my old friend it's uh Seems like the new mantra <laughs> for this. You know, White Sox fans are so excited, and it was just like this hype train building. And maybe it is. You know, maybe we're, you know, everything's going to, this obviously it's only three games. And, and they're gonna, they you can know, Eloy ran into a fence again. Yeah, Eloy ran into a fence. That was, there's a lot of bad news coming when I was at the uh, Cubs game on Sunday when and I was following uh, the events of the White Sox on Twitter. So yeah, I mean, another. you don't want to have um, be down seven nothing with two guys in a heap uh, about a half hour into the game. That, that's that's kind of the bad old days. What, what was what did you eat though? What was the meal for Sunday? What was the meal Sunday? They went towards like ballpark food. It was like cheeseburgers, brats, or uh, like a BLT salad. And I hate tomatoes, so I, I was weak and I went to cheeseburger. How was it? It, was, it wasn't. It wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> I went it at the Cubs game. I went for the uh, there's a Mexican place on Clark Street, Fiesta Mexicana, that I always go to. So that was it was good. That was my. I think uh, I've ordered them on Chow Now before. Nice, nice. Uh, All right. So an Anvil hasn't dropped on Luis Robert yet, so we're good. Yeah, I mean he looks. I probably tried to preach sanity uh, about Luis Robert and he's hitting like 400 and he hit a ball like straight into the sun and it landed over the fence. And that was right. That was pretty cool. Like it, it came was one off of those the two high ones, right? Yeah. Well, it looked like, uh, you know, he got way under it and I, it just kind of kept carrying 
And I thought, like, man, the ball is, like, super juicy this season because I've already seen a multi-home run game from Larry Garcia. And, uh, you know, even the ball that Eloy Menes crashed into the fence on, like, I, I, it didn't sound like a home run off the bat. And maybe that's part of the why, reason he collided with the walls. It just, like, kind of kept carrying unnaturally. But Luis Roberts' home run was, like, an 111 <laughs> exit velocity. He just hit it really hard straight into the air. And it... It didn't matter. And, you know, he thought it was going off the bat, so I should probably defer to his judgment. He's hit more of them than me. So the White Sox are obviously taking some precautions with Ricky. Um, I think as of yet, we haven't heard an official word, but the Sun-Times, Daryl, the Dutchman, uh, reported that his tests were negative. Oh, you know, what, what can you say about it right now, I guess, without getting electroshocked by the White Sox? I would say that it speaks to the current times where, you know, if teams are getting shut down and uh, one team has 17 positives that when your manager has the sniffles, you kind of have to call in the code red. Um, There'll be no, there'll be no quietly uh, sitting a guy for a day and saying flu like symptoms this year. Uh, You can't really do it anymore. Um, So it, it seems like it's probably fine, but it was, it, it's another, I mean, this team already has Yohan Mankata walking around the clubhouse. You know, they, you can kind of do the math and see that knowing that they have 43 guys on the 40 man right now. And one of those is Michael Kopech. He's on the restricted list so that takes him out, but they have two others and you get uh 40 man exemption spots when you have guys who are on the COVID IL. So you can kind of figure out what's going on there. Like this team doesn't have need to have any, um, reminders of the seriousness of the situation, but they're kind of operating in a standpoint where um, basically anything has to um, has to kind of get the utmost precaution or take somebody out for the day. Um, e- even just the concern of the Renneria situation, given that he's the manager and how many people he, he'd come in contact, they would have to do so much contact tracing about anybody who talked to him or was in the same room with him that day. Like, that would be like a backbreaking thing. So it, it's just kind of the nature of the season where, you know, anything going wrong could you, you're concerned if it's going to start off a wave that shuts down the team. Man, this is a fun season. Yeah, it's great. I love it. <laughs> what was the sense of dread like on your drive to Cleveland? Um, I mean, it was pretty heavy and then it got replaced by, wow, they, they don't really have enough drains on the Ohio turnpike. This is a, uh, this is very difficult, and I have a semi-truck shooting water into my, the windshield of my rental car over and over again. But um, I guess we, despite all of it, uh, nothing has been able to um, tamp down Super Joe's enthusiasm, so apparently they're still going to. They, they said that they were 100% focused on winning um, last night, and uh, we, we don't have enough clubhouse access anymore to, to find the person who maybe was at 98%. <laughs> did you did you uh, hit up any of the nice rest stops in Ohio? Uh, yeah, mask wearing uh, was okay. Um, probably better in Indiana than it was in Ohio, which is a weird Surprising. thing to say. Uh, but I, I I didn't have the Kevin Smith experience where I was like razzed for wearing my mask or anything, or or um, the them looking That's at me Kevin strange. Smith, the ex White Sox catcher, not the clerks director. Internal uh, White Sox catcher, uh, really in spirit. <laughs> that's great i always like stopping there there's one there's one closer to cleveland that's got like a panera in it which is very nice for a highway rest stop 
Yeah, I, I've been to that one before. Uh, the one I went to had a Popeye's in it, and their convenience store had a sign that says, if you have complaints about the bathroom, go to Popeye's, which <laughs> is informative. <laughs> Feels like there's a little bit of a turf battle at that, uh, <laughs> at that rest stop. Yeah, well, it's just everybody has their jurisdiction fights, apparently. <laughs> hey, listeners, producer Cam here. Sometimes you just can't wait for a doctor. And if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of your home. Roman makes it convenient to get your treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com forward slash White Sox. That's all one word, White Sox, for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com forward slash White Sox for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Let's go to our Us Weekly correspondent, James Fegan, for the Michael Kopech drama. We should have had Lauren on to, to talk about this because Lauren's the one that tipped us off initially. That there might be some trouble, right? She found. I that guess out. so. She was Lauren a did a, Lauren did a, right. Lauren did a deep read on Vanessa Morgan's uh, baby announcement on Instagram, and after she sent it, I didn't look at it immediately. I looked at it like a day or so later, and I was like, "Wow, she's right. This is very weird," because you know Michael Kopech's wife announced she's pregnant, but didn't mention him at all, and made a lot of uh, had a lot of things to say about how necessary the baby was with all the a lot of other stuff going on. It was, it was very. A lot of veiled uh, concern in there. And then we find out yesterday the trip did some deep digging on divorce records in Texas and found out Michael Kopech is getting divorced, which could be, you know, I mean, not that he needs to make excuses on why he sat out and miss his time. Yeah, it's not a decision that like current news is like, man, what was he thinking? This is going great. Right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Why would you want to why would you want to jump off this ship? Um yeah, but so that's just another thing for Kopech. Now he's got us us weekly on his uh on his behind again. Yeah, well, you could probably you know use the caller ID at least to to screen out what's going on at this point. Yeah, they're t- they're tough. I once uh I was in Montreal a couple years ago, and I tweet out a, my buddy works worked with Adam Sandler on his movies. He's a writer for him, and I tweet out a picture of me, my wife, and Sandler. And I mentioned in the tweet that Jennifer Aniston was there too, and we met her. And about an hour later, I got an email from Us Weekly, from like a reporter, asking me like where I was, where I saw her. So they uh, they're on the lookout. Yeah, uh, I mean, what else are they they doing all day but monitoring that stuff at every every moment? Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he addresses it at some point. It's not like his obligation to. Um, you know, there are other players who have gotten divorced, and it hasn't been like a, you know, something they had to give a public statement on. But no, um, I don't think they really should. I mean, I don't really see the unless you know, like, what's the point unless it's newsworthy? That's not. It's not. That's not newsworthy. It's just something we talk. You know, and people. I don't. People weren't even really tweeting about it that much yesterday on Monday. I didn't feel like. I mean, I feel like people are trying to link it to, uh, 
you know, uh, just unpacking the reason why he didn't, uh, you know, play right. this year and adding to it or maybe suggesting like, well, everything else he put out there is is not the reason. And this is and this is the real reason. And uh, I, I, they, they've always said there was a variety of things. So, um, right. I, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't discount this didn't help, but it's just right. another thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Quarantine's tough on people, James. Tough on couples. I'm doing great. <laughs> right. Is your wife glad? Is, is your wife uh, glad to see you out of the house for the first time? I, I don't think so. I think interstate travel during COVID-19 probably is the, the big stress reliever that it, it might be otherwise. <laughs> yeah, but you're not. The good part is you're not going to be uh, mixing and mingling with the, the people of Cleveland too much. Yeah. Other than standing in line with my mask to get a turkey, egg and cheese. Yeah, you gotta get that. You gotta get the. Is there a curbside option, James? Uh, not for there, but it was. Um, I mean, it wasn't crowded. There was like okay. one other person in there. Okay, all right, that's good. What are we gonna eat today? We what, what other? Sadov and I were big fans of the. What was it called? The Green Tree or something like that? Something down on that East Fourth uh, Street. Well, we have a straight double header, so I kind of need to grab something and because there's no right. food in there at all. Um, nothing. Yeah, there's nothing. So what about I, drinks? There's water. That's all we got the Cubs, too. Cubs so, is water, and they actually took the labels off the bottles for some reason. Maybe they lost their sponsorship? That's what we were... Yeah, we were wondering that. Like, why? I even asked... Uh, my many important questions, I asked the media relations person there after... Or the head of that that department, not the Cub, not the baseball part, but um, along with why are Len and JD wearing ties? Um I think we should push that Steve Stone and Benetti have to wear shirts and ties. Have I, when's the last time I've seen Steve Stone in a shoot and tie or Benetti? I, I, I don't think I've, I mean, I, I can't imagine ever. Why would we ever see them in a, in a suit? Maybe so. Maybe vibe. Would they have to do it for socks fest at all? Not that I've seen. Not there's no socks fest prom. They have to get dressed up for. It was like the red carpet thing or something like that. Right. I, 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 as a media person, I've never. Uh, I'm always in the basement transcribing during that por- portion, but I don't think they have to do anything for that. I mean, given that the players are walking around with like jerseys over their um, Versace hoodies or whatnot, uh, <laughs> I don't think it's a black tie <laughs> affair. That's always a good look. Um, all right. So we got the doubleheader Tuesday. Um, really interesting doubleheader. You know, a straight doubleheader, but like the fact that it's Cease and Rodon, you know, that that's a – as far as someone like you actually likes – you know, really likes watching baseball is really interesting. <laughs> you know, not, the, not the reporters just sit there and complain about watching games and time. But like, you you know, this – if you're a pitching nerd especially, you know, this is a pretty big – this is a pretty big doubleheader. Yeah, well, you see uh, one guy who has all the stuff in the world, if he can put it together, and another guy trying to see if he still has his stuff back. Um, fun. Right, yeah. I it's mean, like a little bit of a – it's like a looping situation. It dictates a lot of the uh, fate of how the season will go, given that you kind of – even as much as he struggled last year or, or last start, you kind of pencil in your idea of what Giolito and Keichel are going to be to a degree, and you're kind of – this is the mystery box a bit about the rotation, and this is the first early sign if it's going to be something that's actually sustainable or if the T- White Sox are going to be the funnest five 
10 games on their 500 team in the league. Is that a thing? The funnest 10, 10 games under 500. Is that is that NBC Sports Chicago's new tagline? Uh, I think they'd probably wait till next month to trot that out. But it, it, it's basically, is this going to be a fun team that, that maybe isn't that good, but you know hits a lot or hits fun dingers? Or is this going to be a team that actually has enough pitching to kind of paper themselves over? Uh, I don't think you'll find out a definitive answer today. I think uh, Cleveland's uh, lineup is kind of garbage. So possibly you'll get an overly optimistic view of how they'll fare the entire season. Um, given that, I think both. I've, I think the last time either one of these guys faced Cleveland, they, they uh, annihilated them both. I mean, it was like the best C start was in Cleveland last year in September. And Rodon, when he couldn't like throw hard anymore, was still just like threw 50 sliders past them and looked great. And, like it doesn't seem like either one of them is a good matchup for the Cleveland offense. So this, this maybe this doubleheader is the, uh, will be the optimist high, optimistic high point because it'll, it'll show these guys maybe being a tick better than they, they will be all season. Right, and uh, and then when the season gets called next week, we'll, we'll always remember Cleveland. Well, you can write five think pieces about like the the good signs that they showed and how it uh, means future dominance for the team is uh, around the corner. <laughs> That's a yeah, business. Get, get that sizzle reel of uh, just a oh, all would be just Luis Robert making hard contact. Just just Carlos Rodon striking out Oscar Mercado like in a loop over and over again. Is it going to be hot in Cleveland? Isn't that a is that a spinoff of the original show, Hot in Cleveland, Hot in Cincinnati? No. <laughs> I'm just wondering uh, for, know, Carlos Ro- the 80s? for Carlos Rodon's uh, sweaty, under undershirtless uh, look, like is this good or bad for him? It, it seems like it's probably going to be good for him. It it, it seems like uh, you know his his patchy beard is going to be sticking to his chin uh, by the third inning. It's going to be it's all going to be working together. Wait, so he's starting the nightcap, right? Yeah. Okay, so I gotta I have to make sure I. Uh, check out Ashley Rodon's uh, Twitter for that. She's she's entertaining. Yeah, uh, she's gonna be the most entertaining Sox wife on Twitter, right? Well, for sure. Now um, she <laughs> she also helped uh, clarify the hard Carl spelling going forward. So I appreciate uh, her for the stylistic yeah. tip. Yeah, I'm still not sure about that one. I don't know why there has to be a K. Is is the K? Maybe the maybe I'll I'll accept it because. Spelling Carl with a K when his name is spelled obviously with a C, um, maybe that that uh, that signifies that Hard Carl is like a different identity, right? Right. Like it's he's the, Carlos with a C, Carl with a K because of the strikeouts, obviously. Yeah, it's a Doctor Jekyll situation, I guess. <laughs> what what would Dylan Cease's nickname be? <laughs> Dylan Cease never stops being Dylan Cease for a second, so I don't, I, I don't know if it would work for him. Right, he only has I feel one. Like Dylan Cease's nickname is Dylan Cease. <laughs> it, it's like in the last. It's like in Avengers Endgame when when Bruce Banner figures out how to you know meld the Hulk and, and himself into one person. That's Dylan Cease all the time. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of Marvel movies with my son. I'm sorry, I, I, I gather. James, you are on the road with the White Sox, and I bet you need your own mug. Well, it's either this or the uh, water bottle I stole from winter meetings. So, yeah, a mug would come in handy. I've got some good news for you, James. There's a company that started in a college baseball dugout. The name is Dugout Mugs. Does that sound good to you? Uh, what what thing that started in a college baseball dugout hasn't been great for me and society? Exactly. 
A barrel of a baseball bat turned into a 12-ounce mug. It's genius. It's also licensed by MLB, so you get your favorite team's logo laser engraved on a birchwood baseball bat barrel mug. It's perfect for a big game. It's perfect to put on display in your residence inn. And James, if you want to be the life of a one-person party in a hotel room, this is it. You can pour anything you want in there. I won't tell HR. It's a unique gift for a baseball fan. So if you're looking for a Father's Day gift, if you're an old Father's Day gift, I guess, or just missing baseball, go to Dugout Mugs. I think I'm going to get you one, James, for your next road trip. Well, whenever that is, I'll have the Dugout Mug then. Go to dugoutmugs.com forward slash the athletic and use promo code MLB30 for 30% off your first purchase. That's dugoutmugs.com forward slash the athletic code MLB30. Fill that baseball void with your very own dugout mug today. Explain Dylan Cease's persona to our listeners. Um, how do I? It's like, it's just very, it's very blunt and matter of fact all the time. And like Dylan Cease would tell you about seven innings, two runs allowed, 10 strikeouts. And if you actually asked him about the whole game, it would just be in terms of like, I executed 87.3% of my pitches uh, to satisfaction type of like scenario or asking him about like playing this season. He just said like, well, you know, I just accepted that I was risking getting sick and uh, I decided to benefit. It's like, he just kind of breaks down a very simple, um, kind of sentiment free cost benefit analysis of getting a deadly virus versus continuing his pitching development and shows pitching development. And yeah, I guess that's, that's the choice that everyone's making at the end, but he just kind of lays it out hyper rationally all the time. Um, He's not the, he's not the guy I could really think about writing about how he's distracted by off the field stuff because he, he never really discusses his, um, emotions or temperament um, affecting him. It's all about like feel and physical mechanics and all that, which is funny because he has a very um, marked out process for getting focused for a game. He puts on his headphones like three hours before it start and he starts listening to stuff to start meditating. And he, he it took a while for the beat to understand that like he talked about doing yoga, but it was all about the philosophy and meditating. And he doesn't actually do any physical yoga. Like he doesn't know any of the positions or anything like that. It's just, uh, yoga. it's all this meditation stuff that he went to, um, like to the Yogi headquarters in, in Tennessee to, to study and all that. And there's a great photo of him with like, uh, that sad guru dude, um, <laughs> who congratulated him when he had his first win with this picture of Dillard season, like a, uh, a sweater and glasses uh, smiling uh, with this, this guy from this, this yogi from India. It, it's, it's just a very, it's, it's, it's a very unique vibe. I don't know how to describe it. All right. That's good. I think that's a good description. Maybe we'll do this every episode. We'll have you describe uh, what someone is like on the team. Maybe I, we'll go to the beat well, and we'll spread it out to the beat writers as well. If I could distill it in a way, it was just that picture of him sitting very like, focused on the game and not um, very straightforward with his facial expression sitting amid all the carbon cut cutouts. And he's the right. only like human among it. It was, it was a perfect Dylan Z's photo. <laughs> Do guys on the team get a kick out of him like that? Because you know, the teams I've covered whenever there's like a quirky young guy, especially like that, you, you see 
guys kind of like they don't make fun of them as much as just they they guys on the baseball teams really delight in like the characters around them sometimes, especially like, you know, like Paul Canerco, he always liked all the other characters on the team and like had kind of just like this cockeyed view of them. Are guys like that about him too? I wouldn't say that sort of like that level of ribbing. It is like, it seems like his best friend on the team is Lucas Giolito, which is a kind of a really funny, odd couple type of situation there. So Lucas is always trying to like rub off on him in like these weird ways and, and seeing like the, the residue of Lucas Giolito uh, on Cease is very striking because it stands out from everything else Dylan Cease does. So it's always like clear when like Lucas has told him something or influenced him in some way. Like the Dylan Cease's uh, walkout song being like Homecoming by Kanye West, like very much seems like something that was suggested to him rather than just like uh <laughs> something that he came upon organically like there's a little the segment where he's listening to music that they played on the scoreboard where they had him like listen to single ladies and stuff like that at a certain point he just says like i wouldn't say music is the strongest aspect of my personality <laughs> <laughs> which is another like perfect encapsulation of like him it's just like this isn't really a thing i do but i appreciate that you know other humans are into it yeah, I like when they do the the music stuff there. What did they have Luis Robert listen to? That was really funny. Uh, Sweet Caroline. Yeah, Sweet Luis Robert listen. He goes, I don't know this one. <laughs> yeah, I figured that. Neil Diamond's not huge uh, in Cuba, from what I hear. Apparently not. He needs to yell at his publicist. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Um, thanks, James. This was fun. If you say so. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening to uh, another episode of White Sox Business. Please rate us, listen to us, Apple, Spotify, whatever you're listening to your podcasts on. Save 40% off your first year subscription to The Athletic by visiting theathletic.com forward slash Southside, all one word, Southside. Thanks for listening. James, be safe in Cleveland. Uh, Trying. Try harder. All right. 